Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Safety and Health webcast, Safe Engagement, Creating Safe Companies that Raise Engagement, Reduce Accidents, and Increase the Bottom Line, sponsored by CA Short Company. This is Alan Ferguson, Associate Editor at Safety and Health Magazine, and I will moderate today's session. Thank you all for joining us. We'll start the presentation in a few minutes, but first I want to go over some preliminary items. The views of today's speaker and organizations are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the National Safety Council or Safety and Health Magazine. Any mention of a commercial enterprise, product, or publication does not mean the council or magazine endorses those items. At the end of today's webcast, we will conduct a question and answer session. To ask a question, simply type it in the text box in the lower left-hand corner of your screen and click the button for Submit Question. Feel free to ask your question at any time during the presentation. You don't have to wait for the question and answer session to begin. Now we'll try to answer as many questions as possible, but because of the large number of participants today, we might not get to every question. Any unanswered questions will be forwarded to today's speaker. For basic troubleshooting information, click the Help button located on your screen. At the end of the webcast, you'll be asked to complete a brief evaluation survey, and I will let you know more about that after the presentation. This webcast is archived, so you can access it after today's live event. To view this webcast and all of our past webcasts, go to safetyandhealthmagazine.com slash events. With that, let's go ahead and get started. Our speaker today is Brent Lee, National Account Manager at CA Short Company. For more than a dozen years, Brent has worked with human resources executives and safety directors to design, implement, and manage high-impact safety incentive programs. He's also a certified recognition professional from Recognition Professionals International. Brent, whenever you're ready, go ahead and take it away. All right, wonderful. I appreciate the nice introduction, Alan. Um, just to kind of give everybody to get started, uh, what we do in CA Short, we provide organizations with a well-balanced and results-driven blueprint to implement a strategic safety recognition program. Um, simply said, our goal is to heighten awareness around your safety culture. A little bit about what to expect today, um, we're going to start out covering a little bit about the state of the workplace in general, that is. Um, talk a little bit about OSHA and its compliancy, some views and some quotes around that. What's our united purpose? You know, what do we do at CA Short, excuse me, to help our clients regarding safety culture and then safe engagement? I'm sure everybody's wondering what that is. Um, we'll definitely dive into that for the majority of the presentation today, cover a few case studies, and then we're going to wrap it up with a little bit about ROI around safety and then the Q&A session that Alan's already mentioned. So to begin with, um, many people throw around the verbiage employee engagement. You know, so what exactly is employee engagement? It is the extent to which employees feel passionate about their jobs, are committed to the organization, and put discretionary effort into their work. Um, as we go through the presentation today, we're going to kind of piece together how safety and employee engagement go hand in hand with each other. Companies today, they're experiencing a loss of 450 to 550 billion annually as a result of low, uh, lost productivity due to absenteeism, turnover, theft, and a generally disengaged workforce. Um, the research is staggering when you look at it um, regarding workplace productivity and how one's level of engagement with the company's mission impacts performance and profitability. There are 110 million full-time employees in the U.S. 33% are engaged, 51% are disengaged, 
and then 16% are actively disengaged. So how do you define if an employee is engaged, disengaged, or actively disengaged? Um, engaged, they're the ones that they're consistently volunteering each month to step up and discuss a new safety topic. Um, they're completing your voluntary safety training, and consistently they go above and beyond. Uh, they're the ones that are going to jump right in and accept change and obviously make the best of it. You're, you're not engaged. These are typically, you know, they're going to do normally what's asked of them, but not much more. And then you're actively disengaged. They're the ones that are just unhappy. They're constantly complaining. They, you know, they're spreading negativity amongst other employees. I'm sure every single person on this webcast today can relate. You've probably worked with an individual such as that at some point in your career. Regarding the state of the workplace, 87% of C-suite executives recognize that disengaged employees are among the biggest threats to their business. 71% of executives rank employee engagement as one of the most important issues they face in achieving overall organizational success. And then 24% say employees in their organization are engaged. Um, the one takeaway from this slide is it's evident that executives understand that employee engagement is a key component to being successful. So therefore, as managers, you will play you know, a vital role in getting employees engaged in your culture to accomplish the overall goals of your organization. Um, to sum up the state of the workplace, as we just examined on the previous slide, employee engagement does affect the overall morale in the organization as well as the bottom line. Uh, put here, passion is the difference between having a job or having a career. So this slide, it, this actually represents how engagement affects the bottom line, putting some numbers around this a little bit, hopefully it'll hit home. Um, the Enterprise Engagement Alliance Engaged Company Stock Index, it was created to draw attention to um, the compelling connection between an organization's performance in the stock market and its relationships with its customers, employees, and communities. Um, it uses something called the Good Company Index to track organizations based on their business practice, uh, practices in three areas, sellers, employers, and stewards of the community. A couple examples of some of these companies that are in the engaged companies uh, stock index are American Express, Campbell Soup, Costco, FedEx, Ford Motor, Gap, Google, Intel, Johnson & Johnson, Procter & Gamble, Whole Foods, and obviously there's some more there. Um, the engaged company stock index is tracking over time the stock performance of approximately 45 customers with high customer, employee, and community engagement scores, and they're tracking that against the S&P 500 average. Um, for anybody that follows the start, uh, stock market on the webcast today, the engaged company portfolios actually outperformed the S&P 500 by 29.9 percentage points since October 1st of 2012. So uh, impressive to say the least when you dig down into the numbers. Um, one of the biggest challenges around employee engagement, it, it's always been having the numbers to support the ROI. Now the numbers are out there, they're transparent, and they're available. Um, as you can see on the slide here, engagement does work. Organizations with 9.3% engaged employees for every actively disengaged employee experience 147% higher earnings per share. Organ, uh, organizations on the other side with 2.6 engaged employees percentage, that is, for every actively disengaged employee experience 2% lower earnings per share. 
So while we talk about the benefits of an engaged organization, um, it's important to recognize the corresponding harm that can result from culture, uh, the culture of unengaged employees, or you know, even worse, the actively disengaged employees we mentioned. Um, actively disengaged, you know, they're toxic. They're going to consistently undermine company morale. Um, they're going to undermine management, and they just basically generally drain the life out of an organization. Identifying and either improving or removing such a, these types of employees, it's imperative for success, especially when it regards safety. And I'm going to dive into that when we get into safe engagement in a few minutes. So I want to take a few minutes before we jump there to discuss OSHA and safety incentive programs. Um, I've been in the industry, as Alan mentioned, for 12 plus years. And during that time, OSHA has always supported safety incentive programs if they are properly structured. So OSHA encourages employers to find creative ways to incentivize safe work practices and accident prevention measures that not disproportionately penalize workers who report work-related injuries or illnesses. So not to get in too much in the details, but I wanted to take a few minutes just to read over some statements from OSHA. Then I'm going to generalize these statements. So first and most, one of the statements I want to start off with is, while OSHA appreciates employers using safety as a key management metric, we cannot condone a program that encourages discrimination against workers who report injuries. Incentive programs that discourage employees from reporting their injuries are problematic because under Section 11C, an employer may not in any manner discriminate against an employee because the employee exercises a protected right, such as the right to report an injury. Um, Section 11C of the OSHA Act prohibits an employee from discriminating against an employee because the employee reports an injury or illness. If the incentive is great enough that its loss dissuades reasonable workers from reporting injuries, the program will result in the employer's failure to record injuries that is required under Part 1904. So in this case, the employer is violating that rule and a referral for a record-keeping investigation that should be made. So the last statement I want to read from OSHA here is, conditioning a benefit on compliance with legitimate safety rules or participation in safety-related activities would not violate Section 1904. So, for example, using required hard hats and fall protection and following lockout-tagout procedures would not violate the rule. Rewarding employees for participating in safety training or identifying unsafe working conditions would not violate the rule as well. So those are direct statements from OSHA. Um, let's generalize those a little bit. In the mid-1990s, OSHA expressed concerns that certain incentive programs had the potential to encourage workers to hide injuries for management. Uh, many safety professionals at that time and even through the last 12 years have mistakenly interpreted this concern to mean that OSHA opposed basically all incentives. Those certain incentive programs were definitely ones um, most certainly that were all or nothing, mainly these milestone programs recognizing only lagging, uh, lagging indicators, measuring that historical data. So a quick example um, that I've seen personally is the programs is based around these all or nothing type of programs. Uh, I had a meeting with a prospective client. Upon pulling up the building, I noticed there was a nice bass boat parked at the entrance. After spending a little time at the facility, I learned that the program was simply based on around everyone not having a lost time incident. If the entire facility went one year without an incident, your name was put into a drawing. But however, if someone had a lost time incident, 
the program was discontinued for the entire year. So those types of programs, you know, have non-reporting written all over them. So I don't know about you, but, you know, I would never be the first one there that would want to report that injury. That would be the quickest way in their case for 250 people not to like you. So those had reporting written on all over them. That's what OSHA was looking at, and they were advocates against that type of program. So in these statements, um, Dr. Michaels makes OSHA's position clear that they support programs that focus on proactive, preventative, and predictive measures. He states that OSHA does support programs that reward workers for engaging in behavior based in hazard abatement activity with emphasis on positive work involvement in the EH&S processes. So OSHA supports programs based on leading indicators versus lagging indicators. I simply put at the end of the day, you know, be proactive, not reactive. So our united purpose and goal at CA Short is what we do is we partner with organizations to raise engagement, reduce accidents, and increase your bottom line. Uh, we want to work with you in an effort to foster and advance your safety culture, design and implement an employee recognition program that's consistent with your core values, then encourage employees to be actively engaged in the process. Now, this graphic really explains whether you're using a third party, whether you're using an internal recognition program, any good program incentivize, the entire concept should be to heighten the awareness around everything that you're doing. So I really like this graphic here. It's a pie. You can kind of see that we're highlighting our key area of the pie. We're just one piece of the pie. You know, we're not the magic bullet. You're going to hear me consistently mention that word awareness throughout the presentation. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to heighten awareness, as you should with any good incentive program, to keep it top of mind each and every day. One of the ways that we do that is we focus on 10 elements. Um, to be respectful of everyone's time on the webcast today, I'm not going to go into each element into detail. But if you feel free, it's, a, it's our book. It's called The Missing Link. It's a quick read. You can get through it 45 minutes to an hour. If you go out to our website at cashort.com, you can download a free copy of the book. A lot of these elements are common sense, but it's been proven to be successful. If you can incorporate them in your program, it's going to work. I do want to highlight just a couple of these really quickly. Um, number three on the list there is short-term recognition periods. Um, I tell my clients all the time, if you have an annual budget per person, I would never ask you to spend more than that. But if you can break down that annual budget, if it's logistically possible, and recognize every 30 days versus once or twice a year, you're going to get more out of your program. You're going to get more bang for your buck. Um, I like to apply this same analogy. It's kind of like a vacation. If a vacation's two to three weeks away, you're consistently thinking about it. You're ready to go. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, apply that same methodology to safety. If you're recognizing more often versus once or twice a year, safety is going to be on top of their mind. Those specific KPIs, those behaviors that you're trying to change, they're going to think about that more often than they would if you're only recognizing every six months, every 12 months, et cetera. Um, the other one that I wanted to highlight is number eight on the list is family involvement. One of the biggest goals I have with any of my clients is whatever message you're trying to get across at work, Let's help you carry that message to the home. Let's get the spouse involved in the program. Let's get the kids involved in the program. And we have a lot of tools in place that we help our clients utilize to 
um, extend that message. But I've seen some great programs as well that have done internal things. Um, one that comes to mind is one of my clients each and every year, they have a safety slogan. Um, they have monthly slogans, annual slogans, but they do a, they simply put it out to everyone there. If you want to take this home, have your children, your grandchildren, whoever it may be, they can develop some artwork that goes along with the slogan. They bring them all back together. They have an unbiased set of judges, people that do not work within that particular environment or even with the organization, and they, they choose the top 12. At that time, they take the initiative to put together a professional calendar, have it printed, and they give one to each and every employee. Of course, the calendar goes home. It's going to go on a refrigerator. It's going to go on a cork board. But it, it's going to be visible for people can see it. And that's the same thing that we've used with our clients is we make it where things are visible. It's human nature. People lay things on the coffee table, the nightstand, spouse picks it up, et cetera, starts asking questions about it. So that's a very important part of any good recognition program is to carry that message to the home. All right, so moving forward, um, regarding safety and performance culture, we have found that by focusing on three key areas of recognition, you're going to be able to optimize your strategy. Those three key areas are formal, informal, and day-to-day -day recognition. Some good examples of formal recognition are recognizing for participation in a safety audit, uh, leading a safety meeting, uh, maybe a safety suggestion that was implemented. Informal um, could be the attendance of that safety meeting, completing optional training, uh, leading a toolbox discussion. And finally, some day-to-day -day examples would be reporting a near-miss, proper use of PPE, uh, maybe reporting an unsafe condition. So many of our clients, they use both monetary and non-monetary rewards to recognize for these types of behaviors. And I'll expand on that a little bit as we move through. So I'm going to take a quick break in a second here and put up a question, a polling question here. Um, hopefully, we'll welcome everyone to participate on the webcast. But uh, just give us a little bit of feedback here. You know, my company it has a safety program that maybe could use some improvement, um, has a safety program that is fairly effective, um, has a robust safety engagement program that's OSHA compliant, that it's really succeeding, it's successful. Or maybe, you know, you don't have a formal safety in program at this time incentive program and you're, you're looking for some ideas. So I'll give everybody a few seconds to go ahead and complete those and then we'll move over to the results. All right, let's click over. Perfect. So we have some that can use improvement, right around 30%, a little over 35. That is fairly effective. Um, 12 point, which is on the lower, that's wildly successful. And then 22%. So wow, we've got a nice mixture of both. Um, so perfect. So I th hopefully for everyone that's not wildly successful as we move through the presentation, we can share some new ideas with you. Um, and then please do during the Q&A, feel free to ask me questions as we go through it as well. All right, so what is safe engagement? Um, our experience has shown us companies try to achieve a safe work environment by simply you know, going over printed materials and videos. Uh, normally this is always gonna be effective. Um, through experience and time, we have uncovered through the years that truly to thrive, companies must go one step farther and engage employees on every level. Uh, we've researched the differences between the two strategies within organizations, and what we've developed is that new concept called safe engagement. You know, so what is safe engagement? 
safe engagement occurs when engaged employees are safer at work and make better decisions because they care about those they work with, the company they work for, and the overall accomplishment of the organization. Safe engagement is made up of five key components. Each one of these components is a vital piece of the puzzle. You know, without one, the others, they're not going to be successful. So component one is leading indicators, two, comprehensive training, three, positive reinforcement, number four is parallel engagement, and finally, component five is connectivity and ownership. Moving forward, I'm going to highlight each one of these areas and expand on it a little bit more. So leading indicators. Um, I, I'm sure most of you on the webcast today know the definition of a leading indicator, but I want to take a quick second and read it before moving on. Leading indicators are pre-incident measurements as opposed to lagging indicators, which are measurements collected after an incident occurs. Simply put, again, being proactive versus reactive. Measuring and rewarding leading indicators versus lagging indicators gives you more of a baseline of future performance. As you can see, there are several best practices for leading indicators. Some of the ones that we consistently stress to our customers are measure the positives, be credible and make it clear what needs to be done to get better. Uh, most importantly, when creating employee incentive programs based on leading indicators, they need to be black and white and send a clear and concise message to all employees. Um, obviously, at the end of the day, the last thing you ever want to do with an incentive program is to promote favoritism, so you have to keep those black and white. A few good examples of leading indicators that are measurable are reporting near misses, um, again, passing, completing your training, proper use of PPE. Many of our customers take advantage of uh, what we call our customized safety engagement platform, and it can actually capture both the standard and customized analytics, which gives you the opportunity to calculate an ROI around your program, while at the same time you can measure the historical data, but start developing some predictive trends around the program as well. Comprehensive training, um, which is the second part of safe engagement. Comprehensive training is your organization's commitment to make sure each and every employee understands your safety culture. Something um, to consider regarding comprehensive training, it's not a one-time training session and it's got to be ongoing. As stated um, earlier, traditional safety training materials normally no longer benefit all of your workforce. Millennials are now a large part of the workforce, which consists of adults between ages 18 to 34 that now make up one in three American workers. They are the first generation in history to have been immersed in technology throughout their life, which has a significant impact on the way they comprehend information. Um, this, One of the things I want to cover, therefore you have to develop comprehensive training that covers all generations of your workforce. Be hands-on with your training, have employees in, uh, participate in safety challenges, develop weekly safety quizzes that focus on a new topic, um, create mentoring programs that award employees that assist new hires. This will empower employees to take ownership of their own safety while at the same time sharing the organization's safety messages with others. Our customers um, use our safety engagement platform for different aspects of their comprehensive training. For example, one of the features that we have allows program participants or supervisors to take a picture of potential safety hazard he or she has spotted. Then they can actually take that picture and post it on the safety engagement platform. At that time, everyone that's participating has the opportunity to comment with the best solution to fix it. The safety engagement platform also allows organizations to host videos and attach corresponding quizzes to those videos. 
um, employees can go out using our free app, smartphone, or from anywhere, basically, they can get online, and then a quiz can be automatically scored on a grading system or pass-fail basis after they complete it. Again, the most important thing to remember regarding comprehensive training is it must be ongoing, and you have to think outside of the box. Because each and every person is definitely going to comprehend information uh, differently and also learns using different types of tools. Positive reinforcement. Uh, the third component is that positive reinforcement. It's a practice, I'm going to read the definition. Positive reinforcement is the practice of rewarding desirable behaviors in order to strengthen that behavior moving forward. Uh, it's been proven when you praise an employee doing a good job, you're going to increase the likelihood of him or her doing that job very well again. Positive reinforcement contributes to employees understanding your safety culture while at the same time enhancing the employee's self-image. Obviously, at CA Shore, we completely understand that employees not adhering to the safety policy, that he or she must be warned of the repercussions of their actions. But I'm going to use a quick example where someone used positive reinforcement. Um, firsthand, I actually was here at this facility, and they addressed the problem and solved it. So the challenge this particular safety director was having um, it was with forklift drivers. They were not beeping when they entered a blind spot, which had a lot of foot traffic. He had warned them, in some cases even written them up because of the potential hazard. Our program has a tool called Safety on the Spot Cards. These cards can be accumulated and used for nice award items, including uh, brand name merchandise, logo apparel, and gift cards. But on this particular day, um, when he was observing the area for one hour, he said out of the 15 drivers who passed, four of them only beeped. That afternoon, he held a safety meeting and made a big deal out of awarding those four drivers at the meeting in front of the rest of their team. Two weeks later, he went back and observed that same area again, and 12 out of 15 beat that time. So obviously his message was heard loud and clear, but he was able to accomplish this by using positive reinforcement. So kind of end it with this. The goal is not for employees to act to receive awards, but act because they are invested in their own safety and the others around them. Parallel engagement. Uh, parallel engagement is the fourth component. Um, parallel engagement is when everyone in your organization from top to bottom is consistently following and living the organization's safety culture. Um, it's, gonna, it's imperative to have parallel engagement, excuse me, regarding your safety message. You do not want to send the message to your employees that executive managers do not have to comply by the same safety rules. Engagement must be achieved across all levels of the organization if you want employees to believe in what you do. I'm going to share a quick uh, example of parallel engagement that I witnessed. Um, with my position, I'm lucky enough, I get to take tours of plants and job sites everywhere throughout the U.S. On this particular day, the safety director was getting ready to give me a tour of this uh, facility. Before taking the tour, we stopped by his office and we grabbed the uh, proper PPE. Um, he handed me some, you know, some safety glasses, earplugs, and a vest to put on. As we were walking through the plant, I noticed him continually staring at a group of people on the other side of the building. I, I looked at him and asked him if there was anything wrong, and he shook his head in disbelief, of course, and said yes. Um, a sales manager was giving some prospective new customers a tour of the plant. However, they were only wearing safety glasses. None of them had on the vest or they were wearing earplugs. He quickly walked back to his office, picked up the proper use, you know, the proper PPE, excuse me, for the group. The sales manager, you know, he obviously apologized and said he simply forgot, and I'm sure it was an honest mistake, but he was embarrassed to say the least that he got called out in front of some new customers. 
Um, safety director looked at me and said, hey, it was not my intent to embarrass him. However, the last thing that I can have him doing is someone from my management team not wearing the proper PPE while he's in the manufacturing area. It could possibly send the message that, you know, to all of our employees, it's okay to wear your safety glasses on top of your head or maybe your earplugs around your neck. He said, he quoted basically and said, we cannot cut corners as a management team or our employees will feel they can do the same. He fully understood that management must be accountable for not only their level of safety engagement, but for their team members as well. So the final uh, component of safe engagement is connectivity and ownership. Um, if, if you want safe, the, the entire safe, uh, safe engagement strategy to work, you have to own it. Um, part of taking ownership of your program is to actively listen and engage with your employees. Seeking employees' advice is going to be crucial in getting them involved in the program. Um, I've seen some of the best implemented suggestions come from employees who work within that particular environment on a daily basis. One of those that comes to mind is a cement company that was having issues with back-related injuries. The management team could not pinpoint exactly what was causing each injury, um, but each and every injury occurred on a different job site normally within a different situation. So the safety director went out, posted a simple message to all employees on the safety engagement platform. The message stated, our management team would welcome any ideas and advice on how we can prevent back injuries. Our safety engagement platform allows um, employees and anybody who's participating to go out and easily provide a suggestion. Then the safety managers notified via email when the suggestions have been given and a nice summary at the end of the day. So he received a ton of suggestions, but one of them stood out. One of the employees wrote back and said, I'm not sure how the details of this would work, but I think we need a fit for duty test during the hiring process. He believed many injuries were occurring because employees were being put in a position where he or she physically was incapable of completing the task. The employee had a good point, and with some legal advice, they found a way to incorporate this as a requirement to work. Um, after discussing it in detail, they decided to request the assistance of a local healthcare organization. Together partnering with a physician, they were able to develop a fit-for-duty exam based on the job requirements. So now this exam is part of their hiring process. Since the implementation of the exam, they've seen a dramatic decrease in back injuries. At the end of the day, obviously, the employee was rewarded handsomely in a public forum in front of his peers for the suggestion. However, the, the entire major point in this example is he was working in an environment where he felt comfortable enough to um, share his own ideas. He, he was empowered, felt that, that, hey, he could throw an idea out there, and he wasn't going to get ridiculed for it. So at the end of the day, the company was able to prevent injuries with his suggestions while at the same time saving money. Again, for safe engagement to work effectively, you and your employees both have to own it. So if you're able to incorporate all five of these components of safe engagement into your safety culture, you will be successful. Um, each and every component is just as important as the one next to it. Um, I like this quote from Andrew Carnegie. It says, Teamwork is the ability to work together toward a common vision, the ability to direct individual accomplishments toward an organizational's objectives. It is the fuel that allows common people to attain uncommon results. And I think that kind of wraps it all together with that quote. So I'm going to stop again for a few seconds, um, give everybody the opportunity to participate. on a post another polling question here. Feel free to check any that apply to you. but. 
Um, our company, Safety Incentive Program, um, is, again, OSHA compliant. Uh, does it use leading indicators instead of lagging indicators? Is it fun and motivating, and is it effective at keeping your employees safe? Um, utilizes rewards and incentives for meeting safety guidelines and benchmarks. Is publicly communicated. Obviously, we talked about that, the communication aspect, to all staff and partners. Um, rewards near missing, and maybe there's more to it. You know, that's what the et cetera box is. So I'm going to be quiet for a couple seconds, let everybody check that apply to you, and then we'll look at the results. All right, let's take a look. All right. So, wow, okay, perfect. We have a high percentage right at 70% that's OSHA compliant, which is fantastic. Um, uses leading indicators about half. That's great. Fun and motivating, so that looks like some areas that maybe some improvement there. A little over 40% on the last two here about communication and rewards, the combination and then have some that does go for near misses as well and some et cetera. So yeah, I definitely on the, the last 19% where there's some other aspects there, um, I'm going to have my contact information. I'd welcome the opportunity to learn about what everybody else is doing and see if we could share some ideas there as well. All right, so I want to take a few minutes to share with you some of the case studies. To prove, sorry about that, I had a little technical issue there with the sound. To prove, um, I'm going to take a few minutes to share with you some of the case studies to prove the positive results of having an engaged workforce and also the outcomes of focusing on leading indicators. Um, most people are familiar with CORES, especially the old John Elway commercials. They made a lot of changes within the organization, but one of the key areas of focus was heightening the levels of employee engagement and safety awareness. Um, with management support, and safety realignment, they were able to save 1.7 million in safety costs in one year. Um, the next case study is from Caterpillar. They implemented a, a safety strategic improvement process that emphasized leading indicators. In addition to that, some of the critical elements they focused on are things we've discussed in the presentation today. Um, Top-down leadership, uh, clearly defined roles and responsibilities. Recognition for positive behaviors. Uh, they saw an 85% reduction of injuries and a $450 million in direct and indirect cost savings. Um, these were just some highlights of these case studies. Again, please feel uh, free to visit our website, which is cashort.com. You can go download the case studies, read some more details regarding each one of these. All right, I'm going to end on this slide and share with you some of the hard numbers regarding safety engagement. Um, for those of you that might not be familiar with Gallup, they are an American research-based global performance management consulting company. Um, they released their Gallup results, including uh, stats regarding U.S. employee engagement. So they surveyed, they surveyed 5,000 companies. The numbers on this graph represent the top 25 versus the bottom 25%. Um, all of the numbers obviously really jump out to me, but a few of them really hit home. Engaged companies achieved 21% higher profitability and 70% fewer safety incidents. However, on the other end, active disengagement is costing companies over $1 billion 
a day, and which is just an astonishing number. So I truly believe if you're able to increase engagement within your company, you will produce results. Obviously, it's not going to happen overnight, but it always starts from the top, and it can happen over time if the right pieces are put in place. Um, I mentioned our safety engagement platform throughout the presentation. Um, to be respectful of everyone's time today, I did not dive into the ins and outs of how it truly engages employees. But if you'd like a quick demo to see how other companies utilize the program, um, feel free to complete our form. Um, I'm going to read it out loud, but it's right there at the bottom of this slide if you'd like to take a few minutes and you know, copy and paste that to your browser and complete it. Um, we'd welcome the opportunity to speak to you, but it's cashort.com forward slash safety hyphen consultation, which is, um, again, listed right there on the bottom. But our goal at CA Short is simple. We're going to partner with organizations like yours to help increase employee engagement, heighten the awareness level around your KPIs, and the goal is to save money. Um, I hope everyone on the webcast today takes advantage of the quick demo. We'd welcome the opportunity to learn more about your organization and some of your challenges. I, I'm confident we can at least share some new ideas with you. But I appreciate you taking time out of your day to jump on here. Um, I'm going to turn it back over to Alan for the Q&A session, and I'm also going to put my contact information here as well. Um, feel free to reach out to me directly if you have any questions. I will be more than happy to answer those for you. So, Alan, I'll turn it back over to you to lead the Q&A session. Thank you very much, Brent. Uh, excellent job. Um, Thank you once again for your excellent insights and expertise. Before we start the Q&A, I want to remind everyone of the evaluation survey we're asking you to complete. The survey should be appearing on your screen. Your input is important because it will help us improve future webcasts. If you do not see the evaluation survey on your screen, please turn off your pop-up blocker. You may also access the survey by clicking the survey button near the lower right part of your screen. Okay, now let's get to some questions. My first question, we currently use another vendor for our safety training. We have both mandatory and voluntary training. Does your system easily integrate with other vendors so we can recognize employees who, have complete, complete, who complete the voluntary training? Uh, yeah, good question. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's, that's a pretty com common question with most of our clients because they are using maybe some other aspects for their training or maybe they're just simply capturing infra uh, information in other systems. So the last thing with any good recognition and incentive program is we don't want to add an extra administrative burden on anybody. I'm sure a lot of managers and supervisors are wearing multiple hats as it is already. So we're able to integrate this through some different aspects of file feeds that can be simply dropped into our system to capture that information so you can recognize them easily, typically, you know, taking 5, 10, 15 seconds to drop files in there. So that is one key component is to make sure to keep that administration level at a very minimum and so we can integrate with other third parties to capture information so it does not have to be redundant. So good question. Our next question. One of, the challenge, one of the challenges we have is figuring out how much to budget per person for our safety program. Do you have a formula or a baseline of how other organizations establish a budget? Um, sure, yeah, and that's the question that comes up almost with every single person that we talk to. Um, you know, what is that, what is that carrot? What, where do you go with that? How much do we budget to incentivize our workers to get involved? Um, you know, we don't want to obviously go 
too much, but we don't want to do too little as well. So one rule of thumb that we use with our clients, which has been proven to work from, you know, motivating is if you can take your average hourly work rate and for simple math, um, let's just say in this example that it's $20 per, per hour. That's the average hourly work rate in your organization maybe. Well, if you can give them the opportunity to earn one extra hour of pay each month for your recognition or incentive program versus monetary cash, et cetera, that's always a good baseline to use. So in reality, it's what you're doing at the end of the year is you're truly paying them 12 extra hours into your recognition program if they're meeting all their goals. And when I say meeting all their goals, I know we really stressed on focusing on those leading indicators, those proactive behaviors. So it's not rewarding the people just showing up for work and not having an accident. You're rewarding the ones that are going above and beyond that they're taking the initiative to lead those toolbox meetings, to complete a safety audit for good housekeeping. Um, but at the end of the day, it's usually those numbers in the grand scheme of things are very small if you look at it from a big picture point of view. In reality, if someone met 100% of their goals, it's truly is what you'd be paying them out as 12 extra hours of pay for meeting all those goals. And I'm sure that everybody on the webcast today would be more than happy <laughs> if you had 100 participation and had to pay that out. That means that they are being proactive and they're very involved in your safety culture. So. Yeah, that one extra to take that average hourly work rate and use that as a baseline is what we normally suggest. And some of our clients might be a little below that. Some might be above that. I heard you mention that one of the keys to success is getting the family involved in the program. Can you tell us how and the tools you've used to be successful in getting the family involved? Uh, yes, that was on those 10 elements that we covered, um, and that was the – the, again, for anybody that's interested in that, the book's called The Missing Link. You can go grab it from our website and download a free copy of it. It's, it's, a, it's a really quick read, but that was number eight on the list, I believe, is the family involvement. And we'll work closely with our clients on what, what logistically is the best way to communicate with your employees. Um, and it could vary. You know, manufacturing, maybe it's us being at the plant and discussing it with the employees and getting them involved so they carry that message to the home. In the transportation industry, it's sending stuff directly to the homes because a lot of times drivers are on the road and they're not at home each and every day. So going back to the family involvement is what we do is we put tools in place to get that message to the home. As I mentioned already before, it's human nature. If you send stuff to the home, it gets, especially a lot of times, we have it set up where it looks like a check. It's it's transparent. People open it. It does not go in the trash. They look. It promotes the program. It customizes your message there and gets gets mom or dad asking questions, gets husband and wife asking questions, and has them involved in the program, especially if they're earning rewards towards something, being proactive. They're going to start asking at the end of the week, the end of the month, what their participation level was with it. So it's a little bit different for each of our clients, but it really truly depends on the logistics around the situation. Our next question, uh, we, are considering, we are considering starting an OSHA compliance safety incentive program based on leading indicators. However, one of our main concerns of our supervisors is how much time will it take to administer it? Does this work with some of your customers? Yes, good question, and um, I, I hit on that just a little bit a few minutes ago because um, I'm sure a lot of people on the webcast today have a very similar challenge. Their supervisors are 
they're wearing multiple hats right now. They've they've got a lot on their plate, most likely, and that's very common that we hear that a lot. And the last thing you want to do is roll out an incentive program that maybe is going to add another component to what they have to do each and every day. So at the end of the day, it really boils down to how hands-on do you want to be with your program and how much do you want to get management involved. Now, from a big-picture perspective, there's two keys to success for a program to work, and that's communication and, number two, being management support. So they're going to have to be involved in the program at some to some extent for it to be successful. You know, it's top-down driven for any program's success. But we have tools in place that take their level of responsibility depends on what they do within the organization each and every day. For example, one of the things that I mentioned, I believe, was those on-the-spot cards. A lot of our clients like issuing those out to their supervisors. So when they see someone going above and beyond, if they're walking the job site or maybe if they're out on the manufacturing floor, they see someone proper use of PPE, they can reward them right there on the spot simply by just handing them a card. Their peers see they're getting rewarded, start asking what they got rewarded for. At that point, the employee, he or she just enters the card and that gets them involved in the program so they can earn points towards rewards, things of that nature. So the supervisor has very little administration that he or she has to keep up with, but whoever's, quote, the champion of the program, they can run reports against those cards, see what those cards are being issued out for. That way they can categorize it depending on certain KPIs that they're measuring against other ones. So. That's one way of doing it. Some of our clients, um, for example, I'd use transportation a minute ago. You know, those drivers, they don't report to the same spot each and every day. So they have we have more electronic notification for that type of environment. And, and that's the same that goes with people that are not in a manufacturing environment. If um, employees are moving around with different job sites and things like that, there's ways that we communicate and help our clients communicate with them electronically so supervisors don't have to take the time to input this information on a daily basis, which, uh, again, we understand that could be fully, that could get cumbersome. So there are ways that do that that can be automated on the behind-the-scenes process. Our next question, do you have any suggestions and or ideas on how to get management to strongly support our safety program? Um, yeah, that's, again, um, as I just mentioned, those two keys to success are the management support and communication. Typically, you'll want to have your managers set up with different goals and behaviors that you're looking to modify and different key performance indicators versus the participants in the program. Um, you know, give them something more skin in the game so they can participate in the program is a good way of putting it. Um, they should be measured more along the lines of how their group is doing as a whole, you know, what their particip their group participation level. Um, they've typically we've our platform has it so those metrics are measured differently so they can see what their level of participation is versus their other peers, which could be their other managers and supervisors. Um, and then having those baselines measured versus the same baselines that our participants doing. So you have to give them incentive in the program as well. Um, that's one of the key reasons a lot of programs fail is they don't get managers and supervisors involved in the program. Therefore, their participation level at the beginning is fantastic, but then it starts to kind of slowly dissipate because um, they just don't. They're not 
participating in any way. So my suggestion to any of my clients is always set up some different KPIs that you're going to measure the management team against versus the participants in the program. And then make it easy for them. You know, keep everything you do has to be simple and well-defined. The last thing you want to do is roll out any type of program that's so comprehensive that they don't understand even how they're being recognized and what they're being recognized for. So you, you do want to keep it black and white to avoid that gray area, too, that we mentioned on the favor, the favoritism part of things. So keep it simple and well-defined, but set up the management team with different metrics versus the participants. Does the Safe Engagement Platform have the ability to be in other languages, such as Spanish? It does, yep. So um, it's right now it's fully can translate in Spanish, English, and French. Um, and we are 100% international capable as well. So we have distribution centers in 146 plus countries at this point. So yes, it does. Are these larger company data examples, are they scalable to smaller employers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, th those, I know that I use those case studies where the idea and the concept around that is I wanted to use some case studies that everybody on the webcast today were going to recognize the names. And obviously, Coors and Caterpillar are two names that, you know, everybody knows and they're familiar with, but they're 100% scalable. Um, the neat thing about us, we work with Fortune 500 clients. We work with family-owned businesses still. So it's very unique with what you see on the day-to-day -day basis of what some challenges are. Um, a lot of times, a large organization has some of the same challenges as a smaller company does. Um, even within the environment that we work with, I don't want to use specific company names, but even under the same umbrella, if the company is owned by ABC Inc., for example, they might have 50 different locations throughout the United States. Well, the location that's in um, Charlotte, North Carolina, might have a very different culture and very different challenges than the location that's in Dallas, Texas, for example. So we come in and we learn about each one of those locations and what their challenges are. So they are 100% scalable, and that's the neat thing about us is we, we do have over 2,000 clients and. Not a one of them is the same. Everybody has different challenges. All right, thank you, everyone. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. I'm sorry we didn't get to everyone's questions, but all of today's unanswered questions will be forwarded to our speaker. Once again, I hope you take the time to fill out the evaluation survey on your screen to give us your feedback. That ends today's Safety and Health webcast. I'd like to thank Brent Lee, everyone at CA Short Company, and, of course, all of our listeners. Have a safe day.